for us, payments back and forth between friends are kind of like a conversation. So we talk about this idea of conversational payments. Hello, and welcome to NPP Soundbites. I'm Lisa Lintern. When Digital Bank Up launched to the Australian market in 2018, its unique proposition was eagerly taken up by a young customer base who had never heard of three-day bank transfers or even BSB and account numbers. In this episode of MPP Soundbites, I chat with UP co-founder Dominic Pym and UP's head of product, Anson Parker, to understand the role the MPP plays in UP's unique proposition, both now and in the future. Well, Dom and Anson, thanks so much for joining me today. No worries. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. So, Dom, let's start first with you. Can you give me a brief overview of UP? When did you launch and what kind of products does UP offer? Yeah, sure. Most people would know us as a digital bank. We actually went into production uh, back in 2017, but we spent about a year working with uh, our partner, Bendigo Bank, and the regulators and so on to, you know, before we launched. And in October of 2018, we launched to uh, great fanfare in Melbourne and Sydney. We had big launch parties. It was awesome. But we've become something more than that. Uh, you know, when we started out, it was really just to help people uh, be less anxious about their money, you know, get reconnected with their money and just you know, sort of a different take, a fun take on, on, on being engaged with your, with, with your bank. And so we've sort of become more than just a digital bank now. We've really become a brand that people trust, that people rely on, uh, that people engage with and that people love. Tell me about the name Up. Where did that come from? Oh, it's probably a better question for Anson because he came up with it. <laughs> but but it, I think it's a good name because it's an actual word. You know, it's a natural name rather than being something new and different and crazy. But uh, yeah, Parker, how did you come up with up? Naming stuff is hard and I'm sure everyone listening has probably gone through that once or twice. You have these big lists of words and you try and whittle them down. But I mean, I think the for us, the guiding sort of principles were we didn't want to... Uh, at least for us, kind of have something that was too sort of techie. We wanted to be something a bit more fundamental and and, and accessible. Uh, so we were looking for a sort of simpler word that spoke to, you know, that kind of positivity and that mission that we had to really help people. You know, like it's, it's, it's tricky because it is such a simple short word. It's not something you can necessarily trademark, but that also means no one else can either. So I think we, we own it pretty well now. I think we feel and you're probably seeing the, the, the names we call features and and things, you know, there's a lot of uh, room to play with that word. So it's quite fun as a brand. So Dom, back to you for a moment. We've seen a few neobanks come and go. What's different about UP? That's a good question because, you know, we, we didn't raise any external capital. You know, we're self-funded. Uh, we're a very small team. Uh, we set ourselves up as a partnership, you know, a collaboration rather than getting our own banking licence. And so all of those things probably have something to do with it. And so it's hard to say, you know, pinpoint what it is that's different about us than others, but probably two things that jump to mind. One is that we we have developed this brand up and it's embedded in everything we do, you know, design, technology, uh, financial services, it's all interwoven into a solution rather than just being another bank. So I think that's number one. And then number two for us is the way that we engage with our customers. So we call our customers upsiders, 
you know, Anson and I and the rest of the team are on social media, talking to them every day. We have a, a, a talk to us, we call it, which is a feature inside the app where customers can talk to a real human in real time and our average response time is less than a couple of minutes. So I think that the way that we engage with customers is very unbanky. It's more like something you do with your Instagrams or your Snapchats or, or, or what are your Facebooks or WhatsApps or whatever. So, so I think that most people don't see us as a sort of boring, stodgy old bank. They see us as a fun, young, innovative technology brand, uh, and they happen to be doing their banking with us. Can you describe for me who an up customer is? What do they look like and how do they like to do their banking and, and what drives that engagement that you're seeing? We've done some global analysis of neobanks to look at the type of engagement. So how many of their customers are active versus how many up customers are active? How many customers are getting their salary paid into their account? How many customers are doing transactions uh, regularly and how many are they doing? And for example, the average active up customer is doing more than one purchase a day. Now that's not transactions. Transactions is even higher than that. So how many times they open the app would be many times in a day. How many times they're transacting in the app would be many times a day. But it's more than once a day that the average active up customer is engaged. Secondly, we, we have a young skew with our customers. So 50% of our customers are aged between 16 and 25. So we're definitely appealing to that younger audience. <laughs> you know, So we do have an older audience as well, uh, but certainly it is definitely skewed to the younger, more tech-savvy um, sort of on-the-go, uh, mobile-only type consumer, which is yeah, tends to skew a bit younger. Can you describe for me Up's relationship with Bendigo? How are you intertwined strategically, or are you competitors? Well, we're not competitors uh, in a in a true sense because we're definitely partners. But uh, what's interesting is, I guess, you know, the relationship was set up nearly 10 years ago. Originally, we've been building Bendigo Bank's uh, mobile and internet banking platform for nearly a decade. So that sort of uh, is the start of our relationship. Then about four years ago, after working with Bendigo for approximately six years, we then talked to them about, well, you know, we'd like to launch a digital bank. And they, to their credit, uh, you know, backed us. And when you have a, a young uh, you know, a technology company uh, sort of, you know, full of engineers and product people and designers. And then you have a 160 something year old bank. Um, you know, it, it, I think it's a fantastic example of a bank working with a fintech in the Australian market. Well, Anson, as head of product, I see that your that payments is called out as a key pillar in your roadmap or, or the tree of up. What kind of payment activity are you currently seeing? And what role does the MPP play in supporting this? Yeah, well, up, up was kind of in the interesting position that we, you know, we're what people call in software like a greenfields project, right? We were building something effectively with a blank slate with no sort of legacy stuff to carry with us. Um, so when we looked around at how we wanted to do payments, you know, which of course are a really key part of online banking, you know, like paying bills and invoices, getting your salary paid, even moving money to other bank accounts you have, you know, we saw that there was... Osco, and we thought that that's, of course, what we're going to build as fundamental to how our payments work. Now, as Don mentioned, we have a younger uh, demographic. You know, I think about half our customers are under 25. A lot of these people don't even understand things like business banking days and, you know, and those kind of concepts that for a long time bank payments kind of uh, were constrained by. So it just made a lot of sense for us out of the box that, of course, you could pay, pay a friend back any time of the day, any day of the week. Uh, but I guess more than that, we really looked to think about those payment use cases that I sort of talked through, like the difference between, say, paying bills and paying friends um, or even getting your, you know, your, your paycheck in. And we thought about how could we differentiate those 
through the customer experience. So for us, payments back and forth between friends are kind of like a conversation. So we talk about this idea of conversational payments. We've tried to enable them to be really two-way. Uh, and whereas other things like bills, you know, your, your billers typically aren't paying you back. It's very much a one-way conversation. So in that context, it's really about understanding when, when did I last pay them? How much have I been paying for the service? And those kind of questions. And what about pay ID? Do you have any insights on your customers' take up and, and use of pay ID? Your pay ID has been, been huge for us because, again, with that sort of uh, uh, newer customer coming through that maybe isn't familiar with BSB and account numbers, which, you know, they can be unwieldy at the best of times. You know, we really uh, wanted to find a way to, to, to use pay ID to help people fund their up account uh, or pay each other easily. So every up upside of that comes onto the platform actually chooses what we call an up name which is kind of like a an alias type of thing it's an identifier for them that similar to what you might have like on social media and from that we can actually give them a pay id so every up customer who comes onto the platform can get a pay id and give that to their friends or use that to fund their account um, and that was really important for us uh, to make sure that new customers coming on weren't sort of you know, potentially like funding their account through it through a, through an old-fashioned bank transfer, and then being worried about where that money was, just because the the education wasn't necessarily there. Um, and the thing we found with some of the other pay pay ID um, aliases, which we do support, were that sometimes customers were coming to us with those already set up. You know, with everyone who comes to up effectively has a bank account already. That's just sort of the reality of the Australian market. So sometimes they, they might have their mobile number or email address already hooked up with another institution. Um, and so for us, uh, it was important to give them something out of the box that just worked. So they can create a pay ID al- alias based on their up username. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and then they have, of course, they can activate their mobile and an email address ones too, if they, if they want to do that. So Anson, where do you see payments at up in the future? And, and what role do you see the MPP playing in enabling that future? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting question for us because to some extent, UP sort of has its own on-platform, on if you like, uh, payments roadmap. So we're able to do things, you know, some of which I think are absolutely informed by what MPP is doing in the future, um, like the ability to, say, request money off someone else, for example. But, you know, we understand that bringing the entire, you know, industry of major financial financial institutions you know along together you know which is essential when you're sort of talking about something that needs to interoperate and be a standards based thing that takes a long time Uh, and as a fintech we sort of want to get out out in front and move as quickly as we can so we kind of have this um i guess in in a sense like a two-speed product strategy here where we're testing and trying some of these new ideas some of which i think will come to uh through mpp over time uh, but we can test today between upsiders and, and we've learned a lot understanding you know, when you make payments much more social, much more interactive, you know, easier to do and, and you see volumes going up. You know, there are new kinds of problems to solve with that, whether that's, you know, payment abuse or, or you know, mistaken payments. All these kinds of things we're actually able to learn from today and I think will help us in the future. Um, but certainly we're excited, for example, to be able to take re- like requesting money um, you know, which I think a certain version of that's called pay to that's coming up. You know, we're, we're excited to support that with other organizations uh, as a platform type of thing in the future, because, you know, we see great upside in that. And, you know, the ability for someone to come to up and bring effectively like their bills with them, you know, which is a major, major pain point in switching banks. 
you know, for, a, for a new player like us that's looking to effectively gain customers that are with other banks, that just makes that a little bit easier. So I think in general, we like to stay across what's happening and then we're also able to kind of experiment on our own and get a bit out in front. Well, Dominic and Anson, it's been really interesting listening to, to you talk about the beginning of Up and, and get those insights. So thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks very much for having us. It was great. It was great. See ya.